Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, Kyle Slaymaker. As you all know by now, we are rocking and rolling. We're dropping episodes every week. We are having fun. Uh, Today's going to be absolutely no exception because I have somebody that runs in the same circles as I do within Apex. We all know I'm in Apex, all that other fun stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to allow Michelle to really introduce herself. And it is not Michelle Fuller again. (laughs) It is michelle hill with all junked up okay michelle i don't want to steal your thunder introduce yourself so again i am michelle hill today uh tomorrow i might be betty but today we'll go with michelle we'll just keep it easy on everybody um we i do a junk removal and hauling business in the dallas fort worth area i have had this business eight years and uh man i love what I do. So I am having a hard time getting off the truck because I love uh I love my customers. I love messing with them, but I also love helping them. Um I just really enjoy everything. You know, the first 2 years I started my business, uh I did everything by myself. So it was a uh, I love the challenges that I get and the uh, doubters I get, that which are my customers, most of them. So it's really funny. They'll hire me and they're like, mm, I don't think you can do it. Oh, okay, here, hold my beer. Let's see what happens. You know, so um, it's always, uh, it's just fun. I really, I really love what I do. I, I don't even know how to say it's, it more than that. No, I, I think, I think that's excellently uh, and elegantly put. I mean, you know, what more has to be said other than you love what you do, right? That's really what we all strive for. Yeah. It's so easy to get bogged down in these you know, it's it's so interesting. I, I say nine to fives, but as entrepreneurs, we know we work so much more than nine to five. It's never really off yeah. for us, whether it's yeah. actively, you know, working or our mind is always on our business thinking of how can I grow? How can I do better? How can I serve my customers better? Um, but you said something that I really, really like, and it's that your passion is not really working on the business, so to speak, which is usually different than what we hear a lot of times. Your passion is working in the business because you love that customer interaction so much. Um, So how did you get started? Well, I, I got to go back a little bit. So I used to drive 18 wheelers and I drove the tankers that, you know, haul fuel. So I delivered fuel in the DFW area for about eight years. Uh, Very physical job. I loved it. I really loved it. But uh, the schedule was killing me. It was, uh, like a rotating schedule. So I was working six days on with two days off. And by the time my two days came around, I was so exhausted. I just couldn't even get off the couch. I mean, literally for two days, my husband would literally just try and wake me up and just get me off the couch. And so as much as I really enjoyed that, that job, uh, it was time to find something else that, um, you know, I could have more control over and I'm definitely a job hopper. So 
I knew that, uh, I, you know, I, I drove tankers for eight years and it was about uh, seven companies I went to <laughs> during that time. Um, and it's really funny because uh, my reputation for for doing great work honestly preceded me. And I, that's why I got hired at all these jobs, even though I was a, a job hopper. But I wanted to find something um, that I could do, I could be more a part of, you know, driving tankers, mm, you know, you're really, you just don't feel like you're really a part of anything. The, the companies, most of the companies, uh, I didn't feel really a part of, you know, I was just a driver and that was it. Um, so I knew it was going to have to be something physical and it was something I could have to be get dirty in because I, for the life of me, cannot stay clean. I swear, if you offered me a million dollars to stay clean, I would lose it because I just can't do it. And so, and, and I love junk and I love trash and I love dumpsters. And so, you know, it kind of all just <laughs> circled around. And, and the cool thing was uh, I could take my dog with me. I had a dog at the time. Uh, in fact, he's on some of my business cards, the original cards that I made. And so uh, I would literally have the whole crew. I had a crew cab, old 2002 uh chevy 1500 that i started this business with and i had a like a i don't know four by eight trailer five by eight trailer it was so small that you couldn't even see it being pulled behind my truck unless it was piled high with debris so you know i always had to figure out how to make sure it was still back there when it was empty and um but we started with that and my dog came with me and my customers love the dog and yeah i just i don't know i just loved it I, I loved every bit of it. And then uh, my dad had an enclosed trailer that was 18 foot. And so uh, I bought that from him. And uh, as great as it was, it sucked because everything you're manually loading, you have to manually unload. So we had one job that literally took us 10 hours to load. It took us three hours to unload and it was like in the middle of the summer. So that was fun. Um, so. I started my business in 2014 and 2015, I was able to get a dump trailer and I haven't looked back since. So I get to push the button and be like Tim Allen and go, her, 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 you know, <laughs> so. it's, it's definitely interesting. I, I mean, the connections you and I have, not just with apex. So my father is a truck driver too. Uh, he was, Oh yeah. He's, he's been an owner operator for, Oh my gosh. I couldn't even tell you. Um, and he used to do, he started doing coast to coast. He started doing San Diego when I was stationed there in the Navy. So he could see me as much as he could. Oh, cool. Um, and I got out of the Navy in 2009 and it's still almost all he does just back yeah. and forth. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. My sister and my mom and I are just like, why don't you just slow down a little bit? Like you're getting up there. You've been doing this for all these yeah. years and you're still going coast to coast left and right. Um, so it's interesting. I definitely, I definitely know the, uh, the personality that it takes to be able to do that. Um, but I also think it's really interesting that like, you're so, we'll say against the grain from what most people maybe conjure up when they think of entrepreneur and business owner, because they think this, you know, uber polished, super prim and proper, whether it's male or female, very sophisticated. And you're just like, no, this is who I am. 
this is what I love and this is what you're going to get. And and I love that, right? Because I always talk about authenticity and in the circles that you and I run in, always be your true yeah. and authentic self, right? Yeah. All the yeah. time. So I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like I was not expecting a former over the road road tanker driver <laughs> sitting in front of me talking about her her junk removal business and you said something that i love i think of everything you just said you were just like i love dumpsters like i think yeah. that is hysterically <laughs> awesome and just so i don't give a shit what you think i love dumpsters screw you it doesn't matter i um, tell you what I, yeah. I love the scrap metal i will be a multi-millionaire scrapping metal um probably still dumpster diving too i mean it just i've tried to avoid it but you know i don't know i just love it you know my husband will we'll drive together and I'll, I'll see something in the trash and he'll go no you know and he'll keep going you know but for me i'll pull <laughs> over but he's like no so it's really funny but i don't know i mean uh life is just too short to be something you're not you know and not enjoy it and uh I don't, you know, I really don't know yet what, what I'm going to do with this business, but I'm going to continue to grow it. I know that much and continue to add to it. And, you know, I, I know everybody says you're supposed to have a plan. I really do better winging it. So it's like and, and that's, that's totally opposite. fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, again, like, and, and I think Michelle, you're really helping me drive home a point that I try echoing a lot. Um, and that's entrepreneurship, business ownership, doing your own thing is not a one size fits all thing, right? So right. what works for me is not going to work for you, or maybe right. it will work for you just on a different level. What works for you may not work for me. Um, and so many people, like you just said, they get bogged down with everybody thinks they need a plan, but they don't. They should, depending on what they're doing, right? If they yeah. have maybe some confidence issues, definitely have a plan. But I see a lot of, again, a similarity between you and I, because when I started the Slaymaker Method, um, I literally had a conversation with my wife. And for those who don't know the story, um, I was laying in bed with Elizabeth and she asked, you know, you got into sales all these years ago. How much do you think you've sold over the years? And I thought about it and I said, after contract value and everything like that, probably 15, 20 million right around there. And she was like, wow, I'm really proud of you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She's like, you ever thought of like teaching people to sell? And I was like, no, not really. And then we went to bed <laughs> and then I'm lay I'm laying there and I'm like, man, I sold a lot of money for a lot of people. I don't have a lot of money. I'm going to start my own business. Start yep. a Facebook page like that. There was no plan, nothing. I came up with the plan as I went. So yeah. it's it's great to hear somebody else just be like, I don't need a plan. I'm going. I'm just going to, I'm going to go out and have as much fun as I can. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I, from what I've heard too, it, it seems like it, they at least say it's better to get started, you know, do something. and what I've learned with this as well is, uh, you know, I started a podcast. Um, I've been taking classes at a local improv show that does comedy because they're in their free classes. So they used to charge for them because I was telling my son, I will pay for him to go to this school because he's really funny. 
but he's like no i don't want to go so i'm like whatever now they offer him free because that's their way of giving back to the community so once a month i go they do the classes every weekend for free but once a month it's my treat i go take myself to the two classes which is like six hours uh total you know three hours each class and then i go watch the show so I can see how everything is implemented, even though I've seen the show six, seven, eight times, you know, you still learn and I love it. Um, I'm always trying to learn. I'm really frustrated because uh, I am not a quick learner like I used to think I was. I am like slower on Christmas. I am just not now starting to understand what Ryan's been talking about. And it's been like two years. So, oh, that's great yeah i'm like okay whatever i've come to the conclusion this is what it is um i need to probably pay, pray for wisdom more often maybe i'm not praying enough for it because you know <laughs> i can't figure it out but you know i remember one year i grossed like ten thousand the whole year and that was it and you know i i get it my family's like uh you need to go get a job and i'm like nope so don't get me wrong. There were times that I would do a job like uh, I worked at Starbucks for like a year and a half or so, you know, part time and continued to do my business. So there were times that I did have to go get an additional job to help get this business. But last year uh, was our first year to gross over 100. And this year's looking uh, really good as well. So for one person, mostly, I am really, really proud of myself uh, from where I came from and I didn't even know how to communicate um at all I I mean literally so in my 20s um I went to try and go get an oil change I did not know I didn't have to know anything about the car I didn't even have to know what kind of car I drove I could just say hey here's my car can you go tell me when oil change would be for that I thought I had to know all the mechanics of it so I went in there couldn't explain it, started crying and left. That was my communication skills in my 20s. So now that I have a podcast and I'm working on, I want to do speaking events and things like that, I'm really proud of where I've came from. And so the the speed, you know, uh, sometimes I get a little jealous when I hear a 19 year old going doing really well, but I'm like, you know what, we've We've come from different lives and different perspectives, and it's okay. I'm 51. It's okay to not be there yet, you know. Um, that doesn't mean I'm, you know, my husband told me the other day, he goes, you just don't realize you are successful, you know. I guess to me, successful means having over, a, you know, a few million dollars. But in general, I, I get, I am successful, um, and, and I've achieved a lot of my goals, and, you know, uh, I'm, I, I've got two things. It's, it's, you know, I'm going to continue trying to be financially get where I want to be, or I'm going to die trying. So one of them's coming first, don't know which, but I'm not going to stop till I'm dead. So there, there's, there's my motivation. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you, you said a lot there that's, uh, you know, has, it, it's that whole thing was, was filled with little nuggets that listeners can take away. You know, first and foremost, yeah. success is 100% subjective. I mean, yeah. absolutely. If if I were to define my success, you know, I, I think there's different types of success. There's financial success, relationship success, blah, 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 success. Like 
I'm, I'm on your, I'm on your level, right? Like I feel that for me, financial success would be at least 5 million in the bank. Yeah. That's, that's my, my goal to get to is 5 million in the bank. And then I know me and I know that once I get that 5 million, I'm going to go, uh, I should probably go for 15. Yeah. And then it'll yeah. be 30. That's, right? that's, that, that's yeah. just how we are. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's cool that you have that support system in your spouse. Cause I have that same with Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, and again, I I've been, I've had this conversation like, I'm not getting a job. Hell no. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I have made myself unhirable when it comes to, to at least the local job market. Like if I were to put my resume out there, yeah, I would be shocked if I got hired for <laughs> any position specifically because you're a successful business owner. People don't yeah. want somebody who's a successful business owner. They want somebody who's going to be able to be a follower and conform to the company. When they yeah. see people that are entrepreneurs and have seen success as an entrepreneur, they shy away because they're like, uh, this guy is going to be a control freak or this woman's going to you know, go to the beat of her own drum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting realization. Like, And I think you'll probably say the same for yourself. Like, We make shit employees. Yeah. We would make yeah. really yeah. shit employees do this. No. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't want to. <laughs> Why would I do something I don't want to do? Go to hell. I had a <laughs> right? job like that. So uh, I never, I've always, okay. So I didn't actually still start working until I was 29. Uh, I met my first late husband at 18. I had been doing drugs from 12 to 18. I had been locked up in girls' homes and rehabs. I was a very troubled kid. And my parents did everything they could to help me get off drugs. And at the time I met my first late husband, I was shooting up really bad. And he said one thing to me and he goes, you're worth more than that. And all my life at that point, I thought I was just a POS. I was waiting to die. I did not care about life. I didn't care about anything. And when he said that, it changed. I quit cold turkey. I haven't touched it in, I don't know, 20, 30, something, I don't know, something years. Um, and he was 20 years older. He was disabled. His mom was disabled. And in 91, I had our son. So in my 20s, I took care of my family. And that was a job that between all three of them, it was 24 seven because my late husband couldn't sleep at night. So it's not an accomplishment, but it is something I am so proud of because for one, uh, we were on welfare who, how many people would have stayed in that situation? What I gained from that relationship uh, is amazing. The, the self-confidence, the, the stuff, I mean, he had to literally build me up. I had nothing. Uh, I, I didn't know how to talk, didn't know how to communicate. I mean, I had no self-esteem. I had nothing. And when he died in 2000, I vowed to never get back on welfare. So there were times I had seven jobs. I did whatever I had to do. If I needed more money, I went and found a job on Craigslist, pulling weeds for 10 bucks an hour, whatever I had to do. And, you know, it's just always been that. I know how to work physically hard. Uh, I don't know how to, you know, do a lot of the behind the scenes in the business, but I'm figuring it out as I go along. But I am super proud, you know, 
And again, I didn't get to start working till I was 29. So I really started late in life as far as that goes and even understanding, you know, I remember uh, when I had to go to work, they were like, you got to play the game. And I'm like, uh, what game are you talking about? I, I don't like to play games. And they're like, no, you got to play the game. I mean, I kid you not, it probably took me six or seven freaking years to figure out it's a political game you play at work. You know, I, I didn't understand that. That's how uh, sheltered I was. I just had no clue. And so it took a long time for me to understand people and, you know, people were dishonest. I mean, again, very, very sheltered. So uh, I, I didn't understand a lot of things. And so that is my struggle today. I still, in some aspects, have that problem because I'm like, um, you know, I, like one lady posted in next door about people coming to her door and being creepy. And I go, okay, uh, I don't understand your problem. Don't open the door. Why is this the problem for you? I, I don't exactly. understand it. Okay. So that's where I sit. I, you know, it's simple solutions to some of these people. And I'm like, I just don't understand how you, this is even a problem, but whatever. So I forgot my point, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, but it's been, it's definitely been a, an interesting road and I have no regrets. Um, I get a little frustrated just because again, I just don't understand a lot of lingo, a lot of things. They, they just don't register that way. Um, I feel like I'm more like a kid sometimes, <laughs> And I'm 51. So my yeah. family, you know, says I act like I'm five. And I'm like, hey, I'm good with that. I'll take it. <laughs> so... <laughs> hey, own it. You got you gotta own who you are, remember? Always be true and authentic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um you know well, what? You said I love yeah, being a kid. Oh no, I oh, I'm it's... sorry, go ahead. No, it's 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 ridiculous because like my I mean, my wife will say the same thing. Like I am I am a large child. Um <laughs> but you you said a few things there that, that I, I really want to want to pick up on because I think you have a a story that can help and inspire a lot of people, both in the entrepreneurial field and not. Um, so you mentioned about how from 12 to you said 18, I believe you were, you know, hooked. You spent a lot of time in the systems and, and girls homes and stuff like that. Like, do you have any experiences? And, and if you don't want to talk about it, just say move on. Um, oh. but do you have any, any experiences in those girls' homes or in the system that kind of really molded you for the future? Um, I mean, uh, no, I wasn't really in the system per se, like jail. Um, this was like rehabs and the reason I was acting out is because I had been sexually abused since five. My parents did not know until I told them in my mid twenties, they did not understand why I was acting out. They had no clue. Uh, I never said anything to anybody because that's what I was told. You know, you don't say anything. Don't say anything. Okay. So I didn't know literally. Okay. When I got married to my first husband at 18, and my mom's not this way, so I don't know where this concept came from. But I told him, I guess my job as your wife is to sit down, shut up, and do what I'm told. 
And the only time he threatened to hit me is he goes, you do that, I'll beat the shit out of you. And I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, no, this is not how it works. You know, I want your opinion. I want your ideas. But I didn't know that, you know. So had I been with the wrong person, it had been very easy to go down the wrong road, you know, so easy. And so with the girls' homes, I did learn a lot. Uh, I learned they sucked. But the one in Mississippi <laughs> was so bad. Um, I was, you could not uh, see your parents for six months. Um, I, I don't, I did some shit I am not proud of. But I wanted out of the home so bad. Um, I've never been locked up before like that, that I did put a curling iron in the Bible and try and burn the building down. Um, God is smarter than I am. And I praise him every day for this, uh, that it didn't go. I got caught and I got my ass beat for it because that's what they did. And But they beat you so bad that it was abusive so the state came in before my six months was up and shut that girl's homes down girl's home down uh it was very very abusive physically abusive and then they had another home somewhere else where two kids had killed another kid so and and these were christian all right and this is where i learned about christ and it was not nice it was you're gonna burn in hell and i'm like god that's terrifying you know um so I went through all these uh, personality complexes because I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to be anymore. Am I supposed to be this person that does sewing? And am I going to be a stay-at-home mom? And I wear dresses all the time. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. And God has taken me down quite the interesting road. Uh, we are going to have a discussion when I get up there because I think he thinks he's funnier than he actually is. But hey, we're good on that. Michelle, so, I love your sense of humor. Like, I literally love your sense of humor. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. And, you know, I, I've learned so much. I have, <clears throat> I have no regrets. I don't, I don't even regret the abuse. Because if I changed one thing in my life, I would have not had the people in my life that I've had in the past. And I wouldn't have the people in my life that I have now. And for that, it was all worth it because I've learned so much. Um, I've learned, I, I try every day to be a better person. Sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I'm an asshole and I have to go back and go, okay, stop being this way. You know, you're just being a dick. Go home, go back to bed. I mean, I'll literally tell myself that if I think I'm just really being that kind of person and it's very rare that I'm that way because I don't, I don't want to be that person i don't like being negative i don't like confrontations i'm not interested in fighting I, I just i don't you know to me my world is butterflies unicorns and puppies and you know i step out and taste reality and i go okay yeah there's still shit nothing i can do but i can control my world and in my world this is what it's going to be and this is how i'm going to get to where i need to go and i am willing to just die trying I have no problem doing that. And it's really funny because my dad asked me the other day, he's like, how long do you think you can do this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, still doing it at 51. So I'm going to keep going until I can't go anymore. But, you know, at that point, 
I'll look at maybe getting a crew, but until then, I really do enjoy it, you know? Um, I, I just don't, you know, my late husband lived in regret and I saw what it did to him and, and I don't want to live like that. Um, you know, there's a few things I regret. I regret not asking my dad teaching me how to dance before he got to where he had struggles walking. I regret that, but nothing major, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the girls' homes, once I got that one shut down, I was sent immediately to Wichita, Kansas. And uh, it was not as uh, restrictive there. So I took off in the middle of the country, middle, you know, it, and then it's dark. And mind you, um, I've never lived in the country. So I'm running through people's fields. I'm collecting everything that can get attracted to my shirt. People literally pulled in the middle of the road. And they're like, it's dark at this point. And they're like, do you want to ride? And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure? And the lady goes, yeah, we can give you a ride. And then they had a kid in there. And I'm like, oh, okay. So again, they could have been bad people, but they weren't. They took me to town. And then I started walking down the street and people were chunking things at me because I just looked horrid. So I ended up going down the street and it was a cul-de-sac. So I ended up calling the school. I'm like, okay, I'll come back. I was there like a couple of years. And then one year I just flipped out, started causing riots and problems. And I ended up getting kicked out. Um, and then I knew once I hit 17 that there was nothing they could do about the drugs anymore. Because every time I went in something, I came out doing different drugs. And uh, yeah, I just didn't care about life. Um, at one point I, I did try an OD. I had to go get my stomach pumped. And I really, really used to struggle with suicide. I've attempted it many times. And literally, God and I came up with a solution to this problem. And I realized, it's not my time to go. So if I went and took all my medications or whatever, and went in the middle of nowhere, and took all my pills, that since it's not my time to go yet, he's just going to bring somebody to come save me and now we're going to waste that time now we're going to waste time because now i'm gonna have to deal with doctors so all this time is going to be wasted over nothing so the agreement is i'm going to stop i don't have time to waste anymore so let's focus on the business let's focus on what i can do to help other people and, and um you know stop wasting time on little things but i do understand why people struggle with suicide and things like that because I've attempted it uh, many times you know but that was the conclusion I came up with and and it's helped me in dealing with those thoughts does it make sense yeah no it, it absolutely makes sense for Michelle I mean from personally speaking like I'm, I'm glad you're here I'm glad you made it through on the other side like this is this is kind of why I, I love podcasting uh, yeah. and, and it's also why I love just, you know, being a people person and meeting as many people as I can and talking to as many people as I can, because when we agreed to do the podcast, um, I was like, oh, cool. She's in junk removal. Awesome. She's in Apex. <laughs> I, know, I know she's good people. She took the initiative. She reached out, asked to be a guest. Let's do it. Right. And now we are on this tangent of suicide attempts, drug abuse, physical abuse in the girls' homes. And just this, this life that I think, you know, I, I don't think I'm overstepping, uh, 
that would I break um, most people, a lot of people at least. Um, and here you are again, happy. You've got your son. You've got your yeah. husband. You and and after everything, and I think this is a lesson that a lot of people can't really understand until they are quite a few years past trauma. Yeah. Um, but that you don't regret it. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's a really, really, really powerful statement, especially to me, because I, I have stuff in my life, I have trauma in my life that I've detailed on this show. Um and you know, looking back, the only trauma that I think I would have changed is losing my little brother. Um, yeah. but everything yeah. else, I don't necessarily know if I would change it. Um, right. the, the trauma that I've, ex I've experienced along with other people, like stuff that has happened to people that I love, that stuff I'd probably change too. But when it comes to myself, my story, I don't think I would, I think I'd be right there. I think, uh, I think my only regret would be the dancing. <laughs> I, 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 I think, I think that's like the sweetest mm -hmm. thing, like. Like my viewers and followers and listeners, whatever the hell you want to call them, mm -hmm. um, they're going to be listening to the show. And if they heard, you know, Jose's show, that's a, another guy who was way. I mean, if he would have had if there, if it weren't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. Um, wow. Wow. But I, I feel like. Like for anybody listening, like listen to what Michelle is telling you here, like don't don't be ashamed don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Just say, fuck it. This happened. I'm going to be the absolute best person that I can be. And the only thing I'm going to regret is going to be not dancing. Yep. That's it. Yep. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, and I think that's why you, you know, have this success as an entrepreneur because you realize like, fuck else are you going to do to me? Like, yeah. like what, what, what can the world exactly. possibly throw at me that yeah. I can't handle? Right. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing it's an amazingly optimistic attitude for a rough go for a while we'll say yeah yeah well and it's really funny i am very optimistic and positive um maybe i don't know if it's too much i don't i don't know if you can be too much but i just see um i look at my past and i see where i've come from and at a time in my life that I literally thought I was worthless, I had no purpose, I had no meaning, I, I, I wasn't here for any reason, God saw my heart and knew I was something more than I even knew. I didn't even have a clue. And for him to save me and bring these people in my life to help me, um, and the right people, you know, because I go down, you know, some of these areas sometimes where I'm driving and, you know, they have those little shoddy looking hotels and I'm like, I could have been a prostitute in that hotel. I mean, you know, that's what I think of when I drive by it, because that's where my life was heading at that time. And here I look and I'm like, wow, this is where I'm at. And it's not where I want to be yet. But it sure as hell way farther than where I came from. And so I'm so thankful that people, you know, I, I did get arrested once at 16. I was in the park illegally drinking. And uh, the coolest thing about that situation was 
I, I got arrested and the police called my mom and said, you need to come pick her up. Otherwise she's going to juvie and you don't want her there. So I don't know what it is they saw in me either, but they saw something that they knew I didn't need to go down that road that, you know, whatever it was. And my mom came and got me out. Never been back to jail since. I, I have no desire to go. I'd probably be somebody's bitch anyway. So it's good that I don't go. <laughs> uh, you know? Oh, but, I love it. I'm too nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, they'd, they'd go to town. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I love it. I, okay. No, that, but believe me, you don't have to apologize for anything on this podcast. Literally, nothing cool. is off limits. Um, but, but again, like it's the, the lesson there, like it's so easy to be so hard on yourself to be lost in your own, we'll say bullshit that it takes somebody else to say, no, this is not your story. This is not where you're meant to go. This is not the road that you're meant to go down. You have to to change and sometimes it takes us a few years to look back on it and realize oh shit yeah i should change holy mm-hmm. shit they saw something that i haven't seen yeah. still yeah um and that's that's so incredibly important because the world is just jam-packed of sob stories yeah i mean that's that's the best way to put it and i'm not trying to discredit anybody's mm-hmm. experience one person's trauma is not more important, more drastic, less important, anything than, than the next person's. Right. Um, but it's it's just so important to understand that like that trauma is not your story. That trauma is just a chapter and you can continue to write the story. You can figure out yeah. where you want to go. Like you're sitting here again after all of this and you're like, I will I will die getting to where I want to be. I am yeah. so driven. I am so determined that I will I will literally work myself to the grave. Yeah. Because that's just because you're you're having so much fun doing what you want because you've seen yourself just get, you know, fucked for yeah. God knows how many years. And you're just like, no, that, that shit's not happening anymore. I'm gonna go yeah. create the life that I want. So yeah. that's it's amazing. And I say that all the time. Your and, your past doesn't define you you know exactly it it shouldn't um you know it's like I told my son the other day people are assholes because they don't know how to deal with their problems so does that make a does it make it right for them to be an asshole no but sometimes you have to look at things from a different perspective because you have to understand why somebody I mean you don't have to but it does help you know um I always try and go throughout the day and I call it jacking with people you know mess with them if I can get them to smile whatever you know that's cool that's that's what I want um but uh I forgot but anyway you know um your your past doesn't define you but it's it's so again it it speaks volumes about your your personality and your quite frankly your heart because in the junk in the junk removal business, and please educate me because I am not in that business. <laughs> I am just assuming because I've watched hoarders a few times. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine there's a lot of situations, or at least a decent amount of situations that you walk into where uh it's not the happiest. Right. Where 
people are in dire circumstances, whether it's for monetary reasons, mental health reasons, it could be anything. And the fact that your number one goal when you walk in there is not so much getting the place cleared out. It's I'm making them smile. I want to make yeah. them smile. And that's so fucking cool because again, you could have sat here at any point during this podcast and said, you know, I, I remove the junk. I remove the debris. I help clean out the house. I come in and I do this, 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 and this, this is how my business operates, but you don't give a shit about that. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you know how your business operates. And I get from you the sense of, if you can't figure out how my junk removal business operates, you're an idiot. Let me tell you why I'm doing <laughs> this. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's so cool because so often you see people come on, you know, whether it's not, not even really my show, because I've had such an eclectic mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see other shows and magazine interviews where everybody is just detailing how their business works. And I do this, this, and this. I provide a customer experience, this, this, and this. But again, very few are out there going, I go in there and I just try to make everybody smile. Yeah. And that's, that is so amazing and so heartwarming to hear because the world desperately needs more Michelle Hills. Oh, thank you. I'll I'll, I'll absolutely say that. Okay. And I am like, just imagining like the, the circumstances that you see, right? Let let alone that you've been through. Like that, yeah. that just that you want people to smile after all that shit is, <laughs> is awesome. Um, yeah. Because people can get so bogged down in the daily rat race and working themselves to death for their success and what they view as success that they're just, they just don't see the human side of things. They don't see the the, the reasons that people would call somebody like you. Yeah. The reasons that people would call somebody like me. I have, being a business coach, the reason that I've been able to get to where I'm at, to where I have guests from all over the country on my podcast, that I'm putting on shows around the world, and I'm speaking around the world, all that other good ego stroking stuff, buy tickets, buy tickets, buy tickets. <laughs> um, but the reason that I've I've gotten to do this is because I've understood early on in my career in sales and business that there's an emotional reason for every single thing, right? Like there's mm-hmm. never just, it's never, Oh, I, I just want to make more money. It's I want to make more money because I need to support my parents or I want to send my kid to college and I want them to be proud of me. I want my kids to do this. I want them to see my success. So they're successful. And there's always an emotional reason behind every mm-hmm. single person and every single need. And that's something that you understand. Like you don't yeah. give a shit what their circumstances. You don't care why their house is in the state that it is. You don't care why they feel down on their luck. You just want to get them to smile. Yeah. And that's that's amazing. It, it's absolutely it, amazing. It, it's funny. My family thinks it's funny. They give me a hard time. So when I go take these classes, uh, these improv classes, it's in downtown Fort Worth. And you know, they, you'll see several homeless people. And if I see them digging in the trash, uh, looking for Starbucks usually is what they're looking for. I'm like, don't do that. Don't, you don't have to do that. I will go get you some water. 
right? So I'll bring them back water. And so my husband thinks it's funny that here I am in downtown Fort Worth because I will chase them down <laughs> trying to give them water. I can see you like running. Poor homeless people are trying to get away from you. You're like, take my fucking water. Take my fucking water. <laughs> yeah, that's, how, that's about how I am. Take it. You know, so <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but he he's Gosh. like, did you chase any homeless people today? And I'm like, no, but I did the other day and he was over here. <laughs> You know, I got two but, yesterday, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know. Oh, I love this. This is a great episode. Yeah. Thank you. Um, You know, I, I hear people when I network, they're just um, so devastated about the economy. And it's really funny because my family will say the same thing. They're like, oh, everything's inflation, inflation, inflation. I, I go, um, this has been going on for, I don't know, centuries. I don't know how long we've been around here anymore. I, Cyclical. Is, I, I mean, all our lives, this has been going on. I mean, you know, so it's always going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. But what I see is I see people making money. And I'm, I want to be that person. I don't understand exactly what they're doing. And maybe I don't get what they're doing. Or, or maybe I don't have the funds to do what they're doing. But I do know. I will get to where they're at because they're, you know, the, uh, the economy is only as bad as you want to keep perceiving it to be, you know, um, if you continue to hear negative and, and look at things negatively, it's always going to be that way. There is good stuff in everything. And, you know, if, if you are such a bad person and I am trying to find something good about you, I will say you have a nice shirt. If that's the least I can find, I found something nice about you that you're wearing. So, you know, I try and take something out of everybody and go, well, this is what, you know, this is something positive about them. Do you know what I'm saying? And try and find no, something I absolutely positive don't. And, and, and again, if they're an asshole or, or they're that bad, uh, you have a nice shirt. So, you know, I'll find something. Because there's always something about somebody that you can find. Oh, you got nice eyes. I mean, just something, you know, and you have no idea by saying something like that, how it might change their world, you know, or uh, their perception or, you know, I used to work at the container store and this lady came in. She was probably 90 years old. So her daughter was what, 65, 70. I mean, they were both pretty old and she came up to the counter to pay. And I went, oh, my God, you're so cute. And it freaked her out. She couldn't get her money out. She said, I haven't been told that in years. And I'm like, what's wrong with people? You know, it made her day, but it jacked her up. She couldn't get her money out. Her daughter had to get her money. And I'm like, this is what I want to do for old people. You know, um, they're, I love I love messing with old people. They're my favorite. But anyway. No, I, you know, I, I it, love it. I love it. It's it, it. Go ahead. Interestingly enough, I, I, you had me think of the stories you were talking about, like your 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 ability to get me to like think of these, <laughs> these lessons that I've learned throughout my life is just uncanny. Um, and plus, I think you'll find this hysterical. I know I do, and I've I've been literally like dying to be able to tell this story on air. So when you when you said your homeless <laughs> story, I was like, Wait. oh my god, she gave me the best segue. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, for my viewers and listeners, I want to touch on what Michelle said about the economy, and it's she's right. Like, like Michelle has said, just said something that so few people say, 
And it's so effing true. And it's that this shit has been going on our entire lives. It, it, longer than that. The economy has been cyclical for centuries. It goes up. Everything's good. Recession. It goes up. Everything's good. Recession. That cycle is never going to be broken. That cycle is not overly president specific, as everybody likes to think. Economies go to be shit sometimes. It's it's just the nature of the beast. And Michelle said she's seeing people out there making money. And those are the people that are absolutely pushing the pedal to the fucking metal and going as hard as they can possibly go, being as aggressive as they possibly can, because the competition is letting off the gas. They're doing layoffs. So your 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 access to more talent is out there. They're not mm -hmm. doing ad spend. They're hedging their funds, everything. So Michelle is going to sit there and absolutely tell you that those people that are making money are just working their asses off even harder during the end of recession. Um, but she also mentioned about how you know you have to see the good in people, and I'm going to relate this to again my favorite story <laughs> I've ever told. One of them. One of them. So I'm stationed in San Diego. And back then I was a hardcore drinker, like really hard. I was drinking a lot of alcohol every single day. I was in the Navy. I was your stereotypical sailor in every way. Uh, so I used to have this, this bar in the gas lamp district. It was called Xavier's. Xavier's was a Hollywood themed bar. And for anybody that knows me, I love movies. I love comedy, all things entertainment. So Xavier's being a Hollywood themed bar, I would be there all the time, every day, every night. Um, and there was a homeless guy that I made friends with because he would he would sit outside of Xavier's. And the first time I met him, he was sitting outside of Xavier's with a, a big cardboard sign. And it said, please give me money so I can add one inch to my thundering penis. <laughs> and 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 immediately I, I looked at him and I said, that is the funniest sign I've ever ever seen from a homeless person to this day it still is yeah and and i gave him some money and we struck up a conversation and back then i had no clue about sales i had no perception of anything other than me and the next drink um so, so he realized that if, if he would hang out around xavier's i would be there mm -hmm. and every time i'd start getting liquored up he i'd, I'd look at his thundering penis sign and i'd hand him some more money <laughs> Right. So this this yeah. went on for like a good year, year and a half of me giving this guy money almost every week. And we became really good friends. We would talk. We would smoke cigarettes together. I, I was on the port, the patio, the bar. We just we hit it off. Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden. He disappeared. And I didn't think anything of it, but I didn't see him for a few weeks. And I'm like. Wow, Kyle, you made a difference. You you've made a difference in this guy's life. Like all your talks and conversations with him, all the money you've given him, he he went out and got his life together. And I kept thinking, God, I hope, I hope he's doing good. I, I hope he he got his shit back together and he's living his life. It's great. And about three months went by. And I'm standing at Xavier's. And out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw him. But I, I didn't think anything of it because I hadn't seen him for a while. And I hear a voice go, hey, dickhead. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I know that voice. And I was I expected to turn around and find him in a suit and, and clean cut and everything. So I turn around with this big smile on my face. I'm happy. And here is the same homeless guy 
still homeless, still in the same chair, but this time he's got a six foot tall, professionally made sign that says, please give me money so I can add one inch to my thundering penis. And it was at that moment that I realized that that son of a bitch took my money and got a brand new professional sign so he could go all around the streets of San Diego to get more money from people. <laughs> and, yep. and I look at him and I was like, what the fuck? And he goes, got to spend money to make money, dickhead. Thanked me and kept going. I was like, oh, well, yep. at least I made a difference, right? And that that's yep. when I knew going back to the economy, you got to be aggressive if you want to really make money. You, so you do. I, I don't know where he's at. I don't, he's probably got a 10 foot sign by now. <laughs> so yeah, I'll never pretty clever that. signs. I, I've learned uh, I don't give him money, uh, but I will give him water. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, when I when I used to drive tankers, um, I had to work nights and some of my coworkers would not go to some of the places that uh, we had to go. They were very, very bad areas. And I'm like, I'll go. Uh, for one, it's my job. For two, I had uh, Joshua 1-9 in my wallet. Do not do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. I'm with you wherever you go. And I'm like, mm, God's my bodyguard. And so I had friends who were robbed at gunpoint. I had friends who were assaulted at some of the same places I went, not one time, not once in the eight years I delivered fuel and went to these South Dallas or uh, I don't remember, all different areas of Fort Worth, all bad areas of Dallas, did I ever have a problem. In fact, I had the opposite. I met some of the greatest people you could ever meet. And yeah, they were homeless, but they were the coolest people uh, that I've ever met. And so, again, to me, I, I don't know about that, but I do think everything is an attitude thing. And when you approach people with that crappy attitude, they just reflect what you brought to them. You know, um, I had a situation not long ago. I did a, a video on it and posted on, on Facebook. Uh, I was in Hillsboro, about an hour away from Fort Worth, and I'm driving to the landfill. And a guy is on my butt. He's got a, a dump trailer as well. And he he's on my ass. He passes me aggressively. And then he cuts me off. And I'm like, hello, we're going to the same place. It's obvious. We both have the same kind of vehicle and dumpster. And there we go. Exit the same place. We go to the landfill. He pulls off for some reason. So I go around, go to the scale house, go up, get ready to dump my load. And here he comes and he goes to try and dump his load and lo and behold, it doesn't work. Um, I am very prepared. So I didn't say anything about the situation on the freeway. I, I'm not, again, I'm not confrontational. There's no reason to bring it up. You know, you're an asshole. That's okay. I don't need to take, I don't need to say anything. Cause sometimes, you know what? Sometimes I'm the asshole on the road too. So I get it. Um, <clears throat> but his truck wouldn't dump. And I said, hey, give me a minute. I got a jump box. I will jump your battery for you. And he was completely shocked by that. And, and so I, we did that. He was able to dump his load. And he goes, what do I owe you? I go, really? I go, you owe me a handshake. Okay. Uh, and then I saw his dog. <laughs> so um, again, I mean, I'm like, 
I'm like a crazy cat lady only with dogs and I don't have any dogs. So I'm about everybody else's dog. And he let me take selfies of uh, his dog. So I posted those pictures too. He had a big old, I don't know, is a bulldog. And, um, you know, it was, I, I could have mirrored the reflection, the, the attitude that he gave me, but I chose not to, you know, because I don't know what he's going through. I don't know. Maybe he just lost somebody in his life uh, to suicide or just natural causes or whatever. But, you know, and, so, and don't get me wrong. This is hard. It is hard to not um, say something back or do something back. But it makes you, uh, it, it really teaches you why you shouldn't when you figure it out. And you see that the the response you get from that person when you don't reflect back what they're reflecting to you. And again, it's hard and sometimes it sucks because sometimes I really just want to run people over and um, not have any concern about it either. But obviously I don't. So, you know, it, it's always keeping your attitude in check. And again, it's hard, but uh, it makes a difference and, and it made a difference to him. You know, you could see the attitude and in, in him changed and I got selfies with his dog. Man, I was happy that day. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm such a huge dog lover. Like I, I I I can't I can't see a dog and not like want to pet it. Like I I hate seeing oh, service yeah. dogs because I know I can't pet them. <laughs> I asked um, anyway. I'm like sorry. I had to. Ask. It's it's so. It, it it's funny. Like I was um, again, and I was in San Diego, and my girlfriend and I at the time were, uh, we were standing in line to get tickets to go see Marley and me. Right. Oh, no. So. My my mom, who knows me very well, uh, at least at the time, um, she called me as I was in line to get tickets for Marley and me. And she's like, have you seen Marley and me yet? And I was like, we're in line. We're in line right now. She's like, get out of line. Get out of line. Get out of line. And I was like, why? And she's like, the dog dies at the end. And I was like, done. Done. I, I was yeah. my girlfriend. I was like, yeah. I can't do this. I, I just yeah. I can't. So then, like an idiot, all these years later. My father-in-law, who also loves animals, uh, or at least dogs, and my wife, who's a huge dog lover, they're like, "We're gonna let's go see uh, a dog's purpose." Now, again, I didn't read the book; I had no idea what the movie was, and I was just like, oh, "Cool, can't be. What can go wrong? It's dogs." Yeah, yeah. And and I literally, like military veteran navy veteran operations iraqi freedom and enduring freedom i've uh, you know you, you obviously got where i'm going with that yeah um yeah. and i'm i'm sitting there and within like five minutes in this entire movie theater of people you hear this person just like sobbing and scream crying it's me like the <laughs> the whole movie the whole movie i am just like like tears streaming down my yeah. face I'm, yeah. I, I at one point i screamed why would anybody make this right yeah. my my wife had a turn and she's like do you need to step out like are you okay <laughs> and i'm like no no, no. i'm not okay <laughs> what kind of a sick person makes a movie like this yeah so i i get yeah. it i get it but but yeah. you're right like one of the hardest lessons for me um was before I, I really became an entrepreneur um, and I had so many attempts, 
right? I, I started an event planning business right out of the Navy. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew that I liked events and I liked the party. So of mm. course I thought I'd make a million dollars. Right. Yeah. And then I got like my first customer inquiry and they're like, how many tables and chairs do you have? I was like, Oh, I know nothing. Business yeah. shut down. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, for a long, long time, if somebody would argue with me, especially on social media or even innocently say something that I could take as somebody being a jerk, I would be off to the races. I would go no matter who it was. I didn't care if it was in public. I didn't care. I was going. Um, and and I followed politics very closely, like a lot of the country did for the past couple of years. And I used to get into these knockdown, drag out arguments. People and I would just say horrible things to each other. Um, and, and I was very reactionary. Yeah. Like I, I used to I used to take pride on being able to get blocked by at least one person every day. <laughs> like like, like I, I would wake up and I'd be like, I'm gonna get blocked by somebody today. And mm -hmm. I would seek this confrontation out. Mm -hmm. Um, but once I, I I calmed down and I started going, you know, building my business, it, it was interesting how, you know, for a, a, the first little bit, it was kind of hard for me to to take criticism. Um, but after it, it was just kind of like yeah, you, you can say whatever you want. Like I, it doesn't affect mm -hmm. me because you're not my client. Yeah. Right. You, you don't sign my paychecks. Oh, you're not going to buy my book. However, will I live? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so don't yeah. read it. Yeah. You can, you can't yeah. write. Well, the only way you'd know that is if you bought my book and read it. So I do appreciate that, sir. Um, yeah. but, and, and you know, that's another lesson for anybody out there listening. Like, just just be kind and don't get me wrong i can be mean when i need to be yeah but it's it's amazing when you take this mindset and this philosophy and i think you'd echo this that you see just how angry and scared the world is yeah and it's it's crazy because like you said like you're you've been through enough trauma to realize that you know you really don't know what anybody else is going through you didn't right. know what that guy that that cut you off was going through. You, you were just Michelle, and you saw a dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's it's so and again, like I I had no idea. I had no idea that when you would come on this podcast, we would go down the literal deepest <laughs> darkest rabbit holes we could possibly <laughs> find. Right? And it, it's amazing because it's it's why I love the people. It's why you love people. It's the talking. It's the listening and learning. Like I had. Um, brian cuban on mark cuban's brother and he talked oh, about wow. his struggles with with addiction and yeah. and growing up and his attitude and his positivity was just amazing and i still talk to brian every now and then i had jose who has just been you know for those of you who have not listened go back and listen to those episodes because the kid almost lost his life the first two hours of being on board his first ship in the navy and wow. his life just, and you thought that was the worst, but it was just like a continuous kick in the nuts for this kid for years. Yeah. You you never know. Yeah. You don't know what people go through. So, it, you know, when you sit back and you're like, yeah, you can say whatever you want to me because I'm still going home to my wife and kids. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to still have my business. I'm going to still have my life. You know, hey, let me help you. Like, like, if you need to talk to me, you can call me an asshole, but what's what's going on and yeah. that that's the most disarming to people right when somebody starts hating on you or, or says anything 
and you reach out privately and you're just like, Hey, is everything okay? Like, yeah. You seemed a little upset. It's fine that you said it. Or, are you okay? And nine times out of 10 people will be like, uh, I'm sorry, I got this going on. So yeah. the fact that you're sitting there, like, we, we don't know this other people's story. Oh. Yeah. Michelle, you, know, you can people, come on this podcast whenever you want. Oh, people are, are really not complicated. Um, people want to feel good about who they are and what they do. I, you won't believe this story when I tell you. Now, I did not tell my husband this for about four or five years because he would have kicked my freaking ass. Well, good. I'm, so, I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I'm glad after talking for an hour, you're comfortable enough with me. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I just thought of this. So it's gonna be good. Yeah, I used to before I started my business. Well, it was it was in the time I was starting my business part time, and I was working part time for a uh, tanker company. In fact, I used to drive for them. But anyway, so I would go to work early, like one thirty in the morning, and I pull up, and my I had my dog with me because he would come to work, and this guy's broke down in front of the building, and um, he ran out of gas. It's a little chilly. The gas station's a couple miles down. I'm like, hey, man, I'll give you a ride. Uh, now, mind you, um, yeah, I carry on me. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to get in the back. Uh, I go, no, you're not. My dog gets the whole back seat. You get in the front, right? So he gets in the front. And I kid you not, the first thing he said to me when he got in the truck was, yeah, Fort Worth police pulled me over earlier today thinking I was a serial killer. And I go, huh, sucks to be you, doesn't it? And I took him to the gas station because I told them I would take him to the gas station. I don't care what you say to me. So you're going to tell me that for two reasons. You're either actually a serial killer or you're just saying that for shock. So one of the two, I don't know which it's 50-50 here, but I am going to do what I said I was going to do. And I'm just thinking, okay, God, if it's my time to go, just please don't make it painful. Right. I don't care. But I took him to get gas. In fact, he went in to pay and he's like, don't leave me. And I said, I'm not going to leave you. I said, I would take you. Took him back. Didn't think to get any information about his vehicle, about him. Didn't write anything down. Nothing. I, I didn't tell my husband for four or five years because he's like, you picked somebody up at 1.30 in the morning and said they they said they were a serial killer. What? Uh, so, yeah, I didn't do that. Uh, it's not the last time I've done that, but I try not to make a habit of it anymore um, because it's been interesting the few times I've done that. So, um, again, you don't, you know, most people are like, yeah, I'm getting out of the truck. And I'm like, no, I gave them my word. You know, that's stupid. But hey, that's how I looked at it. Um, I forgot the point. But yeah, you just, you know, whatever his reason for saying that, I have no clue. You, you either are one or, you know, and I've said things for shock before. So that was my first thing. Although everybody said, I should have said, oh man, look at that. There's two of us in here. You know, that's what everybody said. I, I thought I should have said, and I'm like, well, I didn't think of that. That was pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. Well, it's, it's, you know, the, for me, the lesson that jumps out is for my listeners too the, the integrity, like that, that is so or, or such extreme integrity like you for, for all you knew I, I i love the fact that this this is like the favorite thing that i picked up on is after this guy said you know oh the police thought i was a serial killer your your response and your your emotion your mind was i don't care i'm gonna do what i said i'm gonna do 
Yeah. And you even you even followed up with <laughs> with and I told God, if this is my time, screw it. Just don't hurt me. But I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. I give you my yeah. word. My word is my bond. Yeah. And that's yeah. that is integrity. Right. Like and we can all laugh at it now for all yeah. we know. Maybe you had the Dallas Strangler. I, I don't know. I have no idea um, who I had. <laughs> but but it's, it's just it speaks volumes about you volumes that your response would is 90 i think 99 of the people today would one not even pick him up yeah, uh yeah and and two would be as soon as they say serial killer they either put a bullet in him or kick him out of the car yeah and and you're just uh, i gave you my word you're going to where i said <laughs> you're going to <laughs> you can kill me but it's got to be after i get you there i love it all right well michelle listen it has been over our allotted time and i'm happy oh, sorry <laughs> I, no absolutely don't okay. apologize like like listen okay. you are one of those people that you will have a standing invite to this podcast Aww. if if you want to hop back on if you have nothing going on you're like hey let's record something together i'm down your your that. personality is infectious your <laughs> your core values everything it's just it, it's fantastic so from everything that you have said today michelle on behalf of anybody that listens to it, I will say thank you because this has been, see, I, I, I want to make sure I'm respectful to the other guests, but it has been one of my favorite episodes. Like I had an absolute last recording with you. So please tell everybody where they can find you. Thank Oh, so, well, right now my website's down, but uh, we're working on that. It is all junked up. There goes that net. integrity. I know <laughs> it went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. She's gone. She's done. She's not coming back. <laughs> All junked up.net. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't know how to find me on Facebook. Uh, All junked up.net, I guess. I don't know. I'm not really good with figuring that part out. So, uh, and Michelle, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Yeah. If, if anybody, if, if anybody wants to, wants to reach out to Michelle, you, you guys heard her. She said she wants to speak more uh get her on your podcast reach out to me i will absolutely put you in in touch with michelle um and and again michelle you have a story that deserves a stage so Aww, thank you make so sure much. yeah yeah so my my advice to you and just because this has been an episode chock full of lessons and advice um <laughs> for anybody out there if, if you want to if you want to speak go speak if you have a story and everybody does go build your own damn stage right yeah. or or ask somebody yeah. to get on their stage just just go do it don't look for a payday just get the experience get on a stage build your own stage you like it's it's so easy now because pe when people think stages they keep thinking like physical stages like like the events that I do around the world but I didn't start there I started with zoom calls I started with podcasts I started with you know just calling people and telling them random shit so you know, throw, throw a seminar together, do it a zoom, make it a zoom, make it free, tell your story, go find somebody else's stage. Like everybody's got a story for, and everybody's story is unique. It is Everybody. It is. So if anybody wants Michelle on their stage, which I highly recommend, <laughs> um, call her or call me and I'll, I'll give you a number. I'll, I'll get you in, yeah. in touch with Michelle. So Michelle, again, from the bottom of my heart, this has been an absolute blast. And I absolutely look forward to more episodes with you because we have to do it. Have to do I'm it. I'm so honored to be on your show. I truly appreciate it. And I thank you so much. It's been amazing. I've learned so much from you and I love your, your podcast as well. I love listening to them. 
thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, guys. I will see everybody next week. Call Michelle. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.